All right, guys. Hey, what's up? My name's Chris Hawkins, and this is Your Best Life Defined. Let's go ahead and get started on this thing. So I think there, there are a lot of things in life that are tough, and there are a lot of things that we struggle to figure out. But I think one of the most difficult things most of us face if you're a parent is how do you raise successful kids? How do you give kids the tools they need to grow up into successful, productive adults? And I think for me, when I look at my life and how we did it, part of it was we just didn't have a frontal lobe. I mean, Sandy was 16 when she had her, or 17 when we had our son. I was barely 18, or a little older than 18, I guess. And so we just, we just kind of rolled with it. I mean, we did the same thing with our kids that we did for ourselves. We worked day by day, and we just, they cried. We fed them. They were bad. We disciplined them, and it, there was not really the, I didn't have the emotional connection to my children as far as how they felt about me. I think with you being that young, you don't really have a conscience for their emotional state. In other words, I wasn't worried about whether my son or my daughters loved me. That wasn't my emphasis. My emphasis was to get them to where they need to be, to teach them the things they needed to do to be successful. That is, from not from the standpoint of what the society has set for us. When I say success, I mean success is about creating a person that grows into an adult who can stand on their own two feet, who can face adversity, who doesn't shy away from failure and is able to sustain themselves independent of anyone else. And a, a contributing member of society. I guess that would be the ticket. And that's what we did. And there was a few hits and misses on it. I mean, there were some things my kids do now with their children that I, that, 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 uh, or don't do that I did. I mean, I spanked my children on occasion and that's just something that doesn't happen in the, in my kids' household. They just don't see any use for it. And now as I get older, I say, well, yeah, that's right. But what did I know back then? I was just winging it. But so when you take a look at your children or even your young teenagers, the first thing we have to remember is that children are just young adults. They're just, they haven't grown up all the way yet and they don't have the cognitive skills. But the reality is when we base our decisions about how we're going to raise our kids, a couple things came into play with us. And first, I think because we were so young, I just held my kids to the same standards I held myself to. And an example of that is, I mean, if you have a four-year-old, my son's four or five years old, and we're sitting in a restaurant in a booth, he doesn't get to stand up and spin around and hang his arms over the back of the booth looking into the other people's, the people that are behind us and bothering them at their table. And not because I have any idea that that's good or bad, but because I don't see any adults doing it. No one, as an adult, you don't spin around and stick your nose over and start looking at the people and what they're eating and pulling on their hair and doing whatever you do. And when we were in the store and we would let the kids go to the toy aisle and they could go look at whatever they wanted to, but if there was any tantrums about them when it was time to go, about when it was time to leave, they just didn't go back to the toy aisle. And again, it was about me setting a standard, not based on anything except for the fact that as an adult, I don't, if I don't get a new car and I want one, let's say we're walking down the street, Sandy and I are walking down the street and we go into a dealership and I, I want a new car, but we can't afford it. And I don't throw a tantrum. And if I do, shame on me because that's not how life works. Sometimes you can have stuff, sometimes you can't, and that's just the way it is and we can't have it all. So, so given that, I think when you look at how you raise your children, I think it comes down to the ability to connect with them. It really does. And hold them to a consistent standard. Now, I can tell you this. I don't know of a child yet who's died from crying. He, oh, what happened to him? Oh, he died from crying. He cried too much. 
Now, tears are a part of it, and I understand the empathy and the, oh, oh, the empathy. And I think if there was any characteristic about my kids that I'm really proud of, it's their consideration and their the value that they place in our opinion. It wasn't a scrutiny like they were afraid of us. It was like they didn't want to disappoint us. And I think part of that came from the fact that early on we exposed our children and had discussions with our children about facts of life that most parents don't have discussions about. I remember one of the things we would, my wife and I would talk to our children about is my, our daughters would be, what happens if you get pregnant before you have a, um, before, you, uh, before you have an education? And they were like, we won't have a future. And that was kind of off base. But again, young parents do kind of strange things. But the point is, those type of things impacted our children into making decisions. And and that coupled with a whole lot of love. I mean, my daughters, they, they didn't actually have boyfriends until they were in high school. And then even then, it wasn't the center of their universe. Not like Sandy and I. I mean, when Sandy and I got together when we were young, we were the only thing that mattered. It was me and Sandy, me and Sandy. We didn't have outside interests or outside friends. It was just us. And partly it was because what we brought together was we filled a void that we didn't get as children. I believe that. And the one thing we did, especially with my daughters, but my son too, we shared a lot of love. We shared a lot of stories. We talked about goals and dreams and and that gives them success. The other thing that I think really falls into play here is that your kid is not like everyone else's kid. And you know, just like as an adult, we have this standard, this blueprint that's set for us that says a successful life looks like this. And in our case, it's the house, the car, the kids, the debt, the mortgage, the work, and possibly the retirement. But children are set to the same standard. I mean, if you think about it, when you take a look at the format of a school and a classroom, who gets the praise? Well, the, the, the kids that do exactly what they're told. The kids who show up every day and the teacher says, okay, Susie, do this, and she does this, and they pat Susie on the head and they say, oh, you're such a good little girl. And then, of course, there's Billy, and Billy, of course, is the, he's the square peg. And there that teacher is trying to force him in that round hole where Susie is and just force him in that round hole. Billy's not that way. He's not going to spit out the information you give him. And he actually, there might be an issue of him not even being interested in the information you're giving him. But he isn't dubbed different or progressive or unique. He's the problem kid. He's the problem kid. And I'm an example of a problem kid. I didn't do homework. I moved three, four times a year when I was when I was young. So I didn't have any momentum to gain any kind of real true goals or any idea of what this educational experience was going to be about or even who I was. So for me to move into a classroom and someone to try and force me to be like the other kids, there was nothing in my life that was like other kids. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have the luxury of having parents who had the experience to say, okay, we're going to capitalize on your strengths. We're not going to focus on where your weaknesses are or your inability to conform to these standards, these rules that have been set for you. We're going to try and build on your strengths. I had to do that on my own. And one of my strengths is I'm, I'm a really good failure. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really good at failing. I can fail at anything, and I don't even mind failing. Well, that's not true. I do mind failing. I want to be successful at things I do. But the fear of failure does not keep me from trying shit. I mean, look at this. This is podcast number 74. I'm still at it. I've got like 10 subscri- subscribers to my YouTube channel. I don't even care. 
doesn't matter. I'm going to keep rolling with this because I'm good at failing. And this is one of those things that I'm going to build. This is going to make what I need to be done or this is going to make what I need to happen happen, right? But what I did was I took an alternate route. I dropped out of high school, got married young, and I worked my butt off. And that's one of those things that your non-conforming child can do. Instead of squashing them, introduce them to things they've never experienced before. I mean, you as an adult, think about how difficult is it for you to hang out on the beach or to hang out in your boat and go spend the weekend skiing. You don't have to argue with, well, I don't want to go to the lake. I don't want to have to put water skis on and go swimming and drink cold Budweiser's. No, you don't have a problem at all doing that. So when you look at your children, why wouldn't you give them something to get excited about? If they're non-conforming, that's okay. School isn't for everybody. I'm, I was considered, I'm a high school dropout. In fact, people thought I was going to end up in prison. Well, I did end up in prison. I just ended up working there. But I'm a prime example. I am the square peg. So if you want to give your kids success, if you want to give them access to success in their life, teach them to be adventurous. Teach them to not be afraid to try new things. Teach them it's okay to be different. In fact, the most successful people in the world are different. You take a look at anyone. Look at Oprah Winfrey. Look at Will Smith. Look at uh, Sylvester Stallone. They all have characteristics that are indicative of success. And one of them is that they're, they're different. They're not like the rest of us. Their tolerance for failure, their tenacity for them to grind through it and to be different and not worry about it, to not care what other people think. Or even if they care like me, I do care what other people think. I just don't let, let it get in the way of my action. I give, I care every time I put a podcast on. Every time I do one of these podcasts, I sit here and go, oh, that sucks. And then I post it anyway. You know why? Because that's how success is born. That's where success comes from. It comes from doing it and being different. So if you have a child who's not a square peg or not a round peg, is a square peg, and they're here every day you're getting a call from a teacher or someone saying, well, he's not doing this or he's behind on his homework, maybe instead of punishing him, maybe instead of taking that you usual course of action that you've taken that doesn't seem to work maybe you should introduce him to or her to something new maybe it starts with a conversation about you know what you can be anything you want to be in life because if there was anything in my life that I wish my parents had done for me it was to sit me down and re and confirm that I could do anything and keep saying it and saying it and keep reminding me had they reminded me that just because I'm different it doesn't mean I'm a failure and I'm certainly not a failure I've done more things in my life than most people with degrees and most of it's been fun not all of it's been fun I've learned to struggle I know how to struggle and my kids know how to struggle and the other thing I did a podcast a while back or it's coming up I'm not sure where it is but it's about controlling the want you know, when you, just because you're not the classroom type kid or you got the classroom type kid, it doesn't mean that they can't learn. I mean, I, I remember I, one day my daughter, my granddaughter, Piper, she and I were, I was working on the RV and I had a latch on my screen door that wasn't working. And I grabbed the tools. I was going to grab the tools and just do it. And Piper was staying with them. I thought, no, you know what? I think I'll involve Piper in this to expose her to something new and she was just all in it and I she held the drill and I explained what we was doing and we got it all set up and I explained how I was doing and she was just like in it completely it was something new something she'd never been exposed to before and it was inspiring for her the thing is there's plenty of opportunities for our own dreams to be crushed 
The last thing we want to do is crush the dreams of our children. And when we say, you can't, you can't, or that's crazy, and we start putting them in that box, that same box that we ended up in, where they have to be this way and you have to do it this way and, and you have to be like them. And if you're not like them, you're weird or you're different. No, that's not the way it works. Give your children success. Give them freedom. Give them the freedom to be who they want to be within the constraints of the rules. Does that mean they get to be unruly? And do that mean they get to be disruptive in class and not follow the rules? No, of course it does not. But if you give them the due, their benefit, if you give them the opportunity to capture things that inspire and energize them, it's going to be a lot easier for them you, for you to get them to conform to the rules that, that they have to conform to because it limits their access to things they love. That's the truth. See, the reality is we can't look at our children as, like, as they're different than us or set different standards for them because if we do that, we set them up for failure. So be engaged, be excited, introduce your kids to things that you've never done, introduce your kids to things that you wish you could have done and, and introduce them to dreams and, and taste life. Taste life with your children, show them things and, and engage them on their level and, and inspire them to be the person they wanna be. And just because the teacher says, well, they're not doing very good on their homework or they're not doing that, this or that, that does not make them a failure. That makes them different. That makes them unique. And being unique is something that we need to see a lot more of in this world. It's easy to be like everyone else. Take a look around. So anyway, just a little bit on success. Just a little bit on success for your children. And, you know, those same rules apply to you. But oftentimes we look at children as being just these you know, little creatures. They're not ready for this information. Oh, yeah, they are. I remember one time my daughter asked me, how much is it going to cost for me to pay you so you don't get to tell me what to do anymore? I said, oh, you want to live here and just pay me and then you can just be independent of me? She goes, yeah. I said, well, come on over here at the computer and I'll print up a report. So she like, all in all, she didn't, because she wasn't expecting that. She wasn't expecting that, expecting me to hold her accountable. And I did. I said, I don't know what the number was. I don't remember what it was actually going to cost. She goes, that's crazy. I said, yeah, well, then you're just going to keep doing what I say. When they got a little older and they told me, they said, my daughter would call. She's about 17 or my son would call me. He'd go, hey, dad, I'm going to a party. We'd already discussed the rules. You get in trouble. You get arrested for underage drinking or for being someplace you're not. Or you get involved in the cops. That's your deal and you're going to deal with it. Instead of me telling them, oh, no, you can't get home, I had developed a relationship with my kids where they trusted that they could be honest with me about what they were doing. And I told them, yes, and if you get drunk, there's no drinking and driving. You call me. Will I be happy about that? Not particularly, but I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to be mad at you because you did it, because that's the arrangement. And when you build that trust and that accountability between your, yourself and your children, that's when things get good, and that's when you set your children up for success. So try doing it. Try grabbing a hold of it. Try and looking at them in a different light and, and appreciate not who you would like them to be, but embrace who they are. So anyway, I think I've said about enough on this. I hope everything's going well for you. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to tune in.
Um, my, my following is growing. Things are starting to happen. I'm kind of excited about that. I Really, my goal is simply to help you wake up one day and realize that no matter where you are, there is, you are one choice away from a better life. And, and, and it never ends. Life is about growth, and it grows up until the time it stops. And if you're already settled in and accepting what you have and you're not moving forward, maybe you should take another look at your life and realize the world is a pretty big place out there and there are a lot of things left to do. So go after something. Get excited about something. And just remember, today is your day. Make it a good one.